This week, we're talking about photographing in poor weather conditions, and you're listening to the Landscape Photography Podcast. Greetings, everyone. I hope that you've missed me. I hope that you're all having a wonderful holiday season. You know, it's funny. Every time I sit down to record a podcast, I have to fight off the urge to apologize for how long it's been since the previous podcast. Pretty much every episode, when a person is listening back through the previous episodes, every single episode is starting with an apology these days. So I'm going to fight the urge to apologize for it being months since the last episode. I have been keeping myself busy. I had my Oregon Coast workshops. I had storm chasing adventures this summer and i'm just currently getting back from the faroe islands where i taught two back-to-back workshops with mass peter iverson it was an amazing time as it always is in the faroe islands and we have some takeaways that i wanted to share with you guys this was my first trip to the faroe islands in the winter time and as you can imagine it gave us some obstacles and that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode we're going to be talking about photographing in bad weather be it wind be it snow be it rain we're going to be talking about that in today's episode let's jump into it so as landscape photographers we find ourselves shooting in the worst weather Oftentimes it's the bad weather that gives you the good photos because who wants to go out and photograph empty skies unless you're one of those astrophotography guys. And I used to be that until I got old and didn't really want to stay up all night anymore. I I find that I really enjoy my bed the older I get. So astrophotography is getting harder and harder. The joys of getting old. Uh, But these days, I find myself enjoying photo shoots the most when the weather is the worst. Because as we all know, those dramatic conditions lead to dramatic photos. One of my biggest pieces of advice for anybody has always been to go out when the weather is doing something dramatic and interesting. And storms can be both dramatic and interesting. That's when you get the really interesting, crazy light. But it's also a pain If you're trying to keep your front element dry, trying to keep your tripod from blowing over, I wanted to share with you guys some practical tips for shooting in those poor weather conditions and still having gear that functions at the end of the trip. So let's talk about shooting in the rain. Admittedly, I am somebody that absolutely does not baby my gear. I am pretty hard on my gear, notoriously so, and for that reason, you can can look at my gear and tell that I definitely don't baby it. But the one thing that I feel like most people do that is a little bit unnecessary is they take massive precautions when shooting in just the tiniest bit of rain. You would be surprised what a modern camera can withstand when you're out in those wet conditions. As a Sony shooter, Sony has kind of developed this reputation for not having good weather sealing. And in part, that reputation has been earned, but really there's only one vulnerable part on a Sony camera, and that's really the the top hot shoe. So on Sony cameras, they have these little electrical contacts inside that hot shoe for all the different mic accessories and stuff that you can get for a Sony camera. 
that is really the most vulnerable thing. If you get just the tiniest little bit of water in that hot shoe, it's going to touch a couple different contacts at the same time. And then the camera comes up with this error saying this accessory not supported. Well, you can solve that issue just by putting a hot shoe cover over the top of it. I recommend not going with the Sony hot shoe cover that the cameras come with. I actually go out and I get one that's made for Nikon D5 cameras. They have a lot more protection. They have kind of a rubberized cover that goes completely over the hot shoe area and keeps all that moisture out of there. In the past, I've actually gone as far as to put a little bit of gaff tape over the top of it just to make sure that it's weather sealed because if you can keep water out of that area, even with a Sony camera, you, you're going to be just fine. I've left my camera out in absolute deluge, hard rains, and it's done just fine. A lot of people get really paranoid about taking an electronic device out into a rain. You know, as soon as it even starts to sprinkle the tiniest bit, I see people breaking out their rain covers. And I've never been that person. And with the exception of that hot shoe, I've never needed to be that person. I've never had a single issue. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't have to worry so much about rain. It's not so much rain that is the problem, at least not on your camera. What you really have to watch out for is your front element. The front element is where you need to be spending all of that attention trying to keep dry because, you know, a dry camera is great and all, but if that front element has water drops on it, the photo is going to be pretty difficult to process, if not ruined. So you need to keep your front element dry. Now, the way that I recommend doing that is two different ways. So the first way is the Kimtech scientific lens wipe that I've talked about before on the podcast. Essentially, they're just like these little napkin towelette things. They basically look like a, a little tissue. They're actually used in scientific labs to absorb moisture off of delicate instruments, which is perfect for our use case as photographers because Rather than a lens cloth that's going to push that moisture around, this is actually going to soak that moisture up. You need to be careful with these because they're not a very soft tissue. You need to make sure you're not going to be slowly wearing off the coating of your front element. But as long as you're delicate with it, it's amazing how well they do in those moist conditions to absorb that water. So that's the first thing. Kimtech scientific lens wipes. Okay, so now if you're somebody that's shooting a lot of time lapse, like my friend Michael Shanebloom, he swears by rocket blowers. And the reason for that is because you're not going to want to continuously put your hand in the frame of a time lapse because those are going to be ruined frames that you're going to have to remove and then you're going to end up with a time lapse that is not nearly as smooth as it could be. So if you're somebody that's shooting a lot of time lapse or long exposures or anything like that, you're going to want to use a rocket blower. A rocket blower is simply just going to push the water off of the front element through the air pressure. That way you don't actually have to touch your front element, thus you're not moving the camera and you're not actually ruining frames or long exposures by putting your hand in front of the camera. So that's the other thing that I recommend. Also, if you're gonna be shooting in situations where you know you're going to be in a really wet environment, I always recommend taking like an 18 inch microfiber towel. Now don't cheap out and get the kind that you'll see at like auto parts stores. What you wanna do is search on Amazon and look for like a microfiber camp towel. These are going to be like a nice large size, but they're also gonna be in a nice soft microfiber towel where you can totally use it on your front element if you need to. But the real reason that I use it is just to dry off the camera before I put it in my camera bag. 
that gets us to the next point. You want to make sure that you're putting your camera away into the bag fairly dry. Otherwise, you're putting a bunch of moisture in your camera bag and then you're sealing it up and essentially you're creating a little greenhouse effect inside your camera bag, which is going to lead to lots of condensation problems. So the more dry you can get your camera gear before putting it in the bag, the less condensation issues you're going to have. Having a little microfiber towel to dry stuff off before you put it away, super useful. And in the situation where you totally get hosed by a wave or things get way wetter than you intended, that towel is going to be your friend. So, so it's not a bad thing to carry. Small, light, and useful for many things. Also, while we're talking about rain, the camera is not the only thing that needs to stay dry. Your camera bag should stay relatively dry. Some camera bags are really good about you know, being water repellent and water resistant. None of them are perfect without a rain cover. So the earlier in the shoot you put your rain cover on your camera bag, the happier your bag is going to be. If it just starts to drizzle, that's a great time to put on that cover because if you wait till your camera bag is soaked and then put on your rain cover, you, you're kind of just defeating the purpose and you're locking all of that moisture in there. So put the rain cover on the camera bag earlier in the shoot. Uh, don't do like I do. I often forget to and then... I regret it later on. The other thing is a good rain jacket is a must. Coming from the Faroe Islands, we dealt with a whole lot of rain and hail and snow. Uh, we had a few days that were really rough conditions. And unfortunately, my jacket is not as rain resistant as it used to be. I, I'm currently using an REI raincoat. It's a Gore-Tex raincoat and I've retreated it several times. I, in fact, I retreated it right before the trip. And it just got soaked through way quicker than it used to. And that's the unfortunate truth about a lot of Gore-Tex jackets is, you know, it doesn't last forever, unfortunately. It's almost like they do it on purpose. You know, you can retreat them, but it's still never going to be quite as good as it was when it was new. Simply because the fabric is kind of deteriorating over time, I think. Those membranes are not quite as watertight as they used to be. I guess what I'm trying to say is that rain jackets need replacing once in a while, unless you have, and, and this is one of those situations where sometimes the cheaper the better, because just a cheap PVC rain jacket, those are 100% water resistant. They're miserable to hike in, unfortunately, but they last forever, and they are 100% watertight as opposed to a Gore-Tex jacket, which has a rating where it's watertight up into a point, and then it's no longer watertight, and then you're kind of wet and miserable. So sometimes in those really wet conditions, it's better to have just a PVC cheap rain jacket that is going to truly be waterproof. So one of the other situations that you find yourself shooting in from time to time when you're shooting in these really bad weather situations is wind. Wind can be a challenge to shoot in because, well, you know, slow exposures and shaky cameras make for soft photos. Tip number one for when you're shooting in the wind, obviously, is to use as sturdy a tripod as you have available to you. So sometimes it's difficult, like when you're on an international trip like the Faroe Islands, a lot of people are not traveling with their biggest tripod, at least I wasn't. But ideally, having that big, heavy, sturdy tripod is going to be very useful in those windy situations. A, because it's not going to blow over in the wind, 
and B, because it's heavy enough that it's going to be more stable in those wind situations and you're going to be able to get sharper images with a little bit less effort. Tip number one is always use your heaviest tripod in those windy conditions. Tip number two is to aid the stability of that tripod when you're shooting. You have to be very thoughtful and very diligent about making sure that you're either shooting in between wind gusts. For example, if you're in a windy situation, but it's not just a steady wind, it's coming and going, remain patient and shoot in the gaps of the wind. Wait until you get a gap in between those wind gusts and then take your photo then. You're gonna have much better success rates, especially if you're using slower shutter speeds, if you're shooting in the least amount of wind possible. Another thing that you can do, and something that I talk about on these workshops when we're out in these crazy conditions, I will set up a two second timer, I'll hit the shutter, and then right after I hit the shutter and I'm waiting for that two second timer to, to take the exposure, I actually press down on the center apex of my tripod. I push it down against the ground with my hands, holding it more still and more rigid against that wind than it would have been. The other thing that's really important in these situations is to actually review your images and make sure that you're getting sharp images. Camera shake and camera movement is the enemy in these situations, especially if you're in a situation where there's not a lot of light, your shutter speed is below, let's say, a 20th of a second. And if it's windy, you're going to have a hard time getting nice, sharp images. So at the very least, you need to be reviewing right then and there and making sure that you're getting sharp images because you don't want to find out later in the hotel room when you've you know, hiked all the way back and the light is no longer good that you were not getting sharp images and you have to either go redo it or the whole thing was just a waste. So review right then and there and make sure that you're getting sharp images. If you're not getting sharp images, that sharpness is the most important thing. So scrap the whole idea of getting a slow shutter speed ISO 100. Maybe it's time to increase your ISO to 400. Maybe it's time to open up your aperture to say like f5.6 rather than f11 just so you can speed up that shutter speed because getting a sharp shot in those situations is the most critical most important thing nobody wants a beautifully composed low iso image of something that has camera shake and camera movement in it it's much better to have a little bit of noise in those shadows but still have a nice crisp sharp image of all those beautiful details Another little tripod thing that you can do is to uh, bring some kind of bungee cord with you and actually attach your camera bag to the base of your tripod. This is really useful in those windy situations because your tripod's not going to blow over. It happens all too often. It happens to me as well where you think you're good and you step away from your tripod and then you look back only to watch your tripod slowly falling over. Sometimes it's on nice, soft, cushy grass. Other times it's falling front element down on rocks and gravel. It's a bad situation, but if you weigh down your tripod, you're going to not have that happen. What people will do is they'll bring just a little bungee cord. They'll hook one end on the underneath of their either their center column or the base of their tripod up at the apex, and then they'll loop it around their camera bag. And the trick is to not have the camera bag hanging and swinging in the air you actually want it still sitting on the ground, but you want the majority of the weight of your camera bag being supported by the tripod. That way, 
the tripod is rooted down a little bit more firmly. Another thing that you can do that really helps is to spread the legs of your tripod to maybe that middle angle. That way you have a really wide stance and that's going to make it even more difficult for the wind to blow it over. It's going to be, you know, a little bit lower than eye level or whatever. And most of the time that's not a bad thing, but it's going to be virtually impossible for the wind to blow it over in that situation, which is exactly what we're looking for. So nice wide stance with your tripod and weighing it down with your camera bag, always a good thing. And it's always worth the extra time to do that way. You're not losing a lens or a camera by your tripod blowing over. Hopefully some of this has been useful. Shooting in wind, shooting in rain, shooting in sideways rain, it can all be super challenging, especially if, you know, when you head out to shoot, you're a little bit rusty like we oftentimes are when it's been a while since our last shoot. It can be really stressful, but as long as you kind of keep these things in mind, you know, have a way of drying your camera, make sure your hot shoe is covered, make sure you have a way of keeping that front element dry, make sure your tripod's not going to blow over in the wind, review your images, make sure that you're actually getting sharp images. The most important thing is that you go home with a successful photo. So right then and there is the time to actually verify that you are in fact getting sharp images. And if you're not getting sharp images, it's time to increase the ISO, speed up the shutter speed until you are getting sharp images. That's the most important thing. You don't want that trip to be a waste. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll try to get more episodes out here quickly. I hope that you guys are all having an awesome holiday season. We'll see you in the next episode. Take it easy, everybody.